What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today, we're going to be talking about the principle of beliefs um, that were created by the American Council of Witches back in the 70s. So if you heard the last podcast that we did, um, we talked about how this was incorporated in the book. We decided not to talk about it with the book and just talk about it on its own because I think we did make mention of it like in a really early podcast that this thing existed and we thought you know what let's take a look at it let's discuss it and people who don't know about it well now you're going to know about it now here's the thing I've seen I've read a lot of different things about it so if anybody out there if we say something and it seems like you have more information, please let us know. Because yeah. it's not like this is, you know, stead and fast. The, th- the 13 principles, yes. But all this other stuff that we're going to talk about now, you know, maybe we're off. I don't know. This is just what I know. Supposedly, there were 73 witches that got together. We're talking about 1974. They convened from April 11th to the 14th in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And they wanted to set principles which would clarify the actuality of neo-pagan religions in North America to unify them and define uh, the many differing beliefs and to counteract misinformation, stereotypes, and lack of government recognition. Now, that's really, you know, amazing because it turns out that in 1978, the 13 principal beliefs were incorporated into the U.S. Army's Religions Handbook for Chaplains. Oh, Prior to that, you know, it was not recognized. So this was huge. I'm going to say it's probably the hugest thing that they accomplished. Now, who assembled it? Carl Llewellyn of Llewellyn Publications oh, was the guy who assembled this. Yeah. Um, they disbanded later in 1978 due to the difficulties in uh, reconciling differences among its members. Now, that's one thing. I've also heard that they disbanded because they didn't want to be a council. They wanted to specifically unite for the reasons I just said, and that they had no intention of staying together. Then I read what I just mentioned, the fact that differing beliefs, they disbanded, which is the truth. I don't know. If somebody out there knows, please let us know. Mm-hmm. I would love to know. Okay. Now, other there were obviously I said there were 73 witches at, on this council. Some other names you might know from the podcast, Margot Adler and Ed Fitch. Oh, shit were present as well and participated. So, you want to get right into it or something you want to mention about this? Um, I My immediate first thought when I hear that either they were like, we're going to be a council and then we're going to stop immediately versus like, we're going to be a council and then we can't agree on things and so we break up. I automatically assume it's the latter. Um... As a general rule, I don't I don't have a lot of faith in people in positions of power to not try to maintain that for as long as possible. Mm. So for me, I'm like, oh, it's probably it's probably they just couldn't agree. But here's the thing: um, position of power for who? Because we follow all sorts of things. So you can't tell me, right? Like Catholics have the Pope. Yeah, but if this council was important enough that it went into the chaplain book for the United States Army. That's True. that's power, right? Yeah. It could have easily, I mean, it could have easily become, these are the, this is the witch pope council. And then we had another, like that could have easily been, okay, now reconstruction religions 
are fighting to have a council to be like there's a way there's a dark timeline there where Mm. this becomes more insidious i see what you're saying and i think we've mentioned this before you know part of me would love to have a witch's council and part of me hates the idea of a witch's council um you know i think what i like about the idea of a witch's council is the fact that we can group a lot of Maybe we call it a magical council. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the problem with magical council. And I'm probably going to get hate for this, and I'm okay with it. Um, there are so many things that are written by non-witches mm-hmm. about magic and about... And I, I classify that as new age, kind of like, you know, empower yourself with crystals mm-hmm. kind of thing. But these people, I don't know if they're coming at it from a money perspective. I'm just going to make money off of this. Like, I kind of would rather read a crystal book from a witch. I assume that witches have ethics and there's a reason. You know what I mean? Ah. Like, I love supporting I witches. I don't assume Does that make sense? any of that. Well, yeah. That, yeah. For me, I don't trust anybody because I don't think witches are, I don't assume witches have ethics. I assume that witches will also publish books that are just like, I'm in it for the money. Oh, you know, I'm sure that there are people like that. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. Obviously, you want to get paid if you're publishing right. a book. But I think, you know, and I think this is going back to not just Wiccan belief, but even if I think on indigenous practice, there's a respect for what's happening. There's a respect mm-hmm. for the work that I'm going to embark upon. So I like to think, and again, we've always told the listeners, just because you read a book, don't that's not the end all be all. Right. What rings true to you? What doesn't? If we love it, but you find that the author is sus, then go with that gut. Maybe you're right. Yeah. They could totally be wrong on something, you know? Um, so I guess for me, I go into it with, okay, they're coming to this with some sort of ethics behind it. Um, do they want to make money? Yeah. Or maybe no. I mean, how many really rich witches do you know about? And we're not going to name them, but I'm just saying... I don't see a lot of people just getting like, you know, they're not Jeff Bezos rich. No one is Jeff Bezos rich. (laughs) Yeah. I just thought I'd mention him this time before you do. I'm so proud of you. That was the best. Thank you. I guess for me, like thinking about this idea of a council kind of gives me the same issue of um, like, like who gets to be on the council, right? Mm, Who ends up in power? Because what I think we've seen as a globe in the course of history is that eventually power is going to corrupt and eventually yeah. it becomes, you know, I, I want power for power's sake and not because I'm worried about, you know, helping other people or growing um, or stabilizing witchcraft or, um, you know, neo-pagan practices. And I would hate to see neo-paganism turn into an institution like Christianity did. Right. Um, and yeah. even, like, we had a conversation in the car yesterday about how Christmas is so commercialized that it's, like, basically not a holiday and that everybody should just celebrate it because it's fun yeah. and not because it's Christian. Yeah. And I don't want that – I wouldn't want that to happen to neo-paganism. And so then it's like, right. well, who do we who do we trust 
And how does somebody get in power, right? In elections, there it's very easy to elect somebody who's charismatic, but a dick, right? But yeah. money hungry, but power hungry. But then, you know, I think there's a point, especially in like when you consider yourself an intellectual, which I do, where there's like this kind of idealized world that you have where it's like, oh, well, like an electoral college bullshit. Like, oh, we'll have mm-hmm. people especially qualified to... No, that's not how it works. It just ends up being yeah. a bunch of people who think that they're better than everybody else choosing against what other people want. Like, there's just, I just don't know. It, I don't think that we're in a place where it works. Humanity's not in a place where yes. it works. Yeah. Or at least America. People just can't handle it. America's not in a place where it works. Yeah. That, you know, but at the same time, wouldn't it be nice if you're starting out Right. And you'd like to know who's reputable, who's not. Well, maybe not who's not, but who's reputable. Yeah. Where do people recommend? You know, if you had kind of a a governing body in that sense, um, I think people who are starting out in the craft might be able to then start picking and choosing where they want to go. Again, I'm not really for it. I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. I don't think that this could work at all. I guess I'm thinking in a utopia. Yeah. It would be nice. And of course, who's going to be on the board of the people who want to have their faces everywhere basically yeah. I mean, that's what's going to happen but anyway it's not going to happen because it doesn't exist and it won't exist right. and just by virtue of the fact that we said this if a governing body does happen to form chances are they're going to hear this and go we will not allow this podcast <laughs> we may no longer speak on these issues which would be such a bad uh, choice because if you're a governing body who wants to seem reputable and like not like you're going to become a terrible institution you should encourage right. Um, open dialogue and people who are like uncomfortable with your ideas you should be like hey you should listen to which space and consider the options and hold us accountable like that would be first of all if you are money hungry it would be a great way to trick people into thinking you're not money hungry but second of all (laughs) if you genuinely want a, a community of like um good thinkers and like uh critical thinkers about witchcraft and paganism you want them to be listening to people like us saying, hey, I don't trust this shit. Yeah, but here's the thing. And as educators, we know. Yeah. Um, that's a buzzword that's used in education. Yeah. Critical thinking skills are important, but they really don't want think- kids to think critically. They want kids to follow orders. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I like about the curriculum that I teach is that I don't want them to just, and I tell them on day one, do not write down every word I say. Mm-hmm. Think about what I'm saying and what it means to you. What do you think about this? You know, and I'm going to say for the first month or two, they're like confused. They're completely confused and they're not sure what they what I expect from them because they've been used to, I, I say, you write, mm-hmm. now spit it back at me. You know, so as much as schools say they want critical thinkers, no, they don't. They want people that are going to follow orders, whether that's wherever they go in life. Yeah. Just follow. But, yeah, it would be great to have critical thinkers. And maybe people who don't mesh with us just don't like the idea of being told we're not the final word. You still have to do some thinking when the podcast is over. You know, we're not going to tell you what to think, you know. And that's why we encourage people, hey, reach out to us. Yeah. If you think something opposite of us, let us know because that's going to make it more interesting for us to go, oh, wow. Here's another way of looking at it. And that's that's cool. But to me, that's the coolest thing to have somebody tell me about something that they believe that – I've never seen it from a particular angle. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it just opens it up and just makes you question, then makes you think, and I don't know, but... But anyway, they have 13 principles. Yes, and I would love to talk about them because I do think it's very interesting, like the things that they said yeah. were important. Well, I do want to say, just reading from it, it says, it is in this spirit of welcome and cooperation that we adopt these few principles of Wiccan belief. Okay, so right from the get-go, we are going to mix witches and Wiccan. Mm-hmm. So they're right there. I have a little bit of a problem. Agreed. Right? But Gardner, back in the day, before this, did the same thing. So, okay, let's just... In seeking to be inclusive, we do not wish to open ourselves to the destruction of our group by those on self-serving power trips. So, they acknowledge that. And, you know, maybe that is why they disbanded, because they realize there's no way to do this. Um, In seeking to exclude those whose ways are contradictory to ours, we do not want to deny participation with us to any who are sincerely interested in our knowledge and beliefs regardless of race, color, sex, age, national or cultural origins, or sexual preference. A good, now let's see. A good start. Correct things yeah. to say at the beginning of your list of rules. Absolutely. Number one, we practice rights to attune ourselves with the natural rhythm of life forces marked by the phases of the moon and the seasonal quarters and cross quarters. Some witches do. Some witches don't. So, you know, um, but I am going to say this, forget the phases of the moon and the seasonal quarters with the natural rhythm of life forces. I don't hate I that think part. That yeah. is true. I think that is true. I think that it doesn't matter what tradition you're from, witches are all working with the natural rhythm of life force, whether you're religious or not. Yeah. Yes, I would agree with that. I think... I think it was very important to sort of mention in the beginning, this was the, a 1973 thing. Witch and Wiccan were kind of the same at this point. So, like, we could be considering what would the new version of this be for 2021. And I think if we were to update it, I, yeah, it would just be a tune with the natural rhythm of life forces. Boom. Yeah. Boom. That's it. Yeah. And then let every, you know, um, if people want examples, you know, examples could be. Yeah. Right? Marked by the phases of the moon or the seasonal and cross quarters, you know. Exactly. Among others. All right. Two. We recognize that our intelligence gives us a unique responsibility toward our environment. We seek to live in harmony with nature, an ecological balance offering fulfillment to life and consciousness within an evolutionary concept. Why are you laughing? So... On the one hand, I love that. And I'm like, yes, I would want to keep that in my 2021 version of these principles. I think it's super important, especially now with global climate change sort of looming over our back. Um, And at the same time, it feels like a little condescending to be like, oh, well, we have to like care about the environment. Like, yeah, no, we, we should. But I'm sure there are witches out there who are like, Maybe hereditary witches. Um, I think about, like, maybe even um, indigenous practice who are kind of like, duh? Like, do I need to be told this? It, it almost yeah. feels like we added this for the that new agey white witchcraft community where it's like, I touch rocks and they give, like, I'm making fun of myself right now because <laughs> that's me. <laughs> but, like, very much because I think that, like, a lot of practices, it's not it's not like an outright statement. 
It's not like you need to care about the environment because it's so already entwined in the practice that like yeah, step, who we are. Yeah, stepping back and being like, it's important that you care about the environment almost feels like, like, duh. I kind of feel like they should take one step forward, which is something that I've heard the phrase that we are the caretakers of, mm-hmm. right? The earth, both spiritually and physically, like that's what witches do. I kind of like that term because I think that it tells you, it takes it a step up. Yeah. Right? You're not just to be aware of climate change. You're not just to maybe light a candle and say, I hope it goes away kind of thing, do a spell, but to also do the mundane work of saying, okay, you know what? If I have money, maybe I can donate. Maybe yeah. I can, you know, go to some protest. Maybe I can make people aware of what is happening. Um, because if you're a caretaker, it goes beyond that, right? It goes beyond just being aware of it. It's about taking action. Yeah. And I think that maybe that's how I would like to see it phrased. Because I've seen it phrased like that. Other people have written it that way. I agree. Um, so I kind of like that here. Because you're right. Saying that is is kind of like, duh. But if I am brand new to this and I read this, then I'm learning something. Yeah. So I think for somebody who's brand new to it, yeah. Three. We acknowledge a depth of power far greater than is apparent to the average person. Because it is far greater than ordinary, it is sometimes called, in quotes, supernatural. But we see it as lying within that which is naturally potential to all. I wouldn't change a thing about that. I like it. Yeah. I like that it's like, Um, yeah, people call this supernatural, but we don't think it's supernatural. We just think it's natural. Like, yes, thank you. And it happens to be a little super. (laughs) We think it's super (laughs) that it's natural. No, but yeah, I agree. But I also think that, again, for somebody who's just starting out, if you think you're coming to this because you're going to gain supernatural powers, it's automatically like, nope. Yeah, this is all quite natural. Everybody has gifts. Everybody can do something, um, multiple things. So it's just about unlocking it. And I think that they make a good, I I like the way that is. Uh, Four. All right, here we go. This one's going to be good. It's a big one. Yeah. We conceive of the creative power in the universe as manifesting through polarity, as masculine and feminine, and that this same creative power lives in all people and functions through the interaction of the masculine and feminine. We value, value neither above the other, knowing each to be supportive of the other. We value sexuality as pleasure, as the symbol and embodiment of life, and as one of the sources of energies used in magical practice and religious worship. So here we go. Go ahead. I, first of all, I just feel like that could have been two separate things. Like, I, I think that talking mm. about the masculine and feminine and then talking about sexuality as pleasure and a tool are almost kind mm. of two different points. Um, because talking about masculine and feminine feels like, yes, this should be point number four. But, like, sexuality as pleasure and a tool probably could have been, like, point number 12. I think it's less important. Yeah. Right. Okay, so when we're talking about polarity, I think this needs to be written differently. Right. Because when we're talking about the masculine and feminine, um, you know, um, the power lives in all people and functions through the interaction of the masculine and feminine. Are they talking about the masculine and feminine inside of all of us? We all have masculine mm-hmm. and feminine. Right. Are they talking about something that's more fluid? See, because I read this and I think, or are they talking about Gardner and those people that were like, you need to have an even set, mm-hmm. right? It's very gender binary. It has to be, you know, so many people. Of this. So, so I kind of feel like that. And maybe it's because I come from having read this other stuff that I look at this and go, oh, 
What do they mean? Yeah, I definitely agree that it needs to be explicit about being part of the individual and a thing that all individuals are able to tap into and experience. Not that it's, (laughs) you have to go find yourself a, a different sex partner to help you do magic with. Right. And I think I kind of want this, um, if I was going to rewrite this, to talk about how fluid we all are. Yes. And that we can tap into this. Yeah. Right? And tap into all aspects of ourselves, even if we do not identify, right? Yes. As gender fluid. I think that if we if they wrote it that way, right? Because there is, there are elements of everything. I think if they wrote it that way, I think... It would just be better for 2021 and maybe make it clearer if that's what their intent was. Absolutely. I don't know if their intent was to say that or their intent was, again, you have to have a boy right. and you have to have a girl, you know, I kind of thing. I think this would probably be easier for, um, hello, LGBTQ plus community, uh, because mask and femme are concepts that are pretty ubiquitous in the community. So that's the sort of thing where like, ah, yes, I've already kind of figured out my relationship to the masculine aspects and feminine aspects of myself and my gender and my sexuality. So I can then transition into, okay, this is now also a spiritual concept. I actually think it's probably harder for for the heterosexuals (laughs) because I don't think anyone really sits with them and is like, did you know that you could also be like a little bit masculine and a little bit feminine? Like, did you know that? That it's totally normal and not weird? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's why it's important to phrase it that way because I think people should sit with themselves and recognize how really at our core, we take away our shells and our however we feel in this body. Do we actually think, I mean, do do we just actually, maybe that's something we should talk about at some point more in depth about the hereafter, right? Who are we before we are in body? Who are we after? I mean, we just have so many different That would be a very interesting conversation. I would love to get other witches in on that conversation. I would love to have like a little round table of that, of what we think. Yes, yes, yes. Because how I was raised was that we are all genders and we are no genders when we pass, right? Gender is something that is here. So we can actually take from anything. Um, I mean, not anything. Take from different aspects of ourselves. Because we have it all. We encompass everything. So, yeah. Yeah. For, that would be interesting. I think we should definitely have that conversation. I'll put it in the spreadsheet that you don't look at. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. I look at it sometimes. <laughs> once a year. Um, <laughs> and I'm that totally bored. sucks. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. The whole idea, I agree with you, that we value sexuality as pleasure, as a symbol and embodiment of life, and as one of the sources of energies used... I feel like it's it's so much in that statement. Um, the symbol and embodiment of life. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody disagrees with that, that you need an egg and a sperm to make life. Um, I think the sexuality is pleasure is an indirect answer to many religions that are like, no, sex is for procreation yeah. only, everything else is a sin. So I think just like kind of say that. Yeah. You know? Th- um, it's, this feels a little weird because it's sort of like... This is a way that some people do do magic, but it's not a way that everybody does magic. And so it doesn't really need right. to be included. <laughs> like, if you're doing 13 principles, are each of your principles going to be, and you could do herbs, and you could do tarot, and you could, like, yeah. no. I think yes. Yeah. State outright, we don't believe that you should be ashamed of, like, 
your sexuality and having sex and that sort of thing. But it doesn't need to be explicitly listed as magical practice. I also think to put in um, used in magical practice and religious worship, if I was new to this, I'd be like, wait, I got to have sex with somebody? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to be a part of this. And honestly, I don't know anybody who has ever told me, unless it's part of their thing and they don't want to talk about it. But I don't know anybody who's like, yeah, part of my religious worship is I have to have sex, I don't know, on a certain day or with a certain person or whatever. Like, I don't know about that. So, and again, magical... um, practice of sex that could be a hex if the other person isn't yeah you know it's very dangerous like you gotta let the other person know what you're doing you can't just do it so yeah i think just putting it in there considering that some of the other stuff is definitely for people who are new that would turn me off if i saw that i'd be like Mm -hmm. whoa all right gardner already wants us to be naked now we got this (laughs) now i gotta fuck people i don't think so (laughs) i don't think so Okay, <laughs> number five. Yes. We recognize both outer worlds and inner or psychological worlds, sometimes known as the spiritual world, the collective unconscious, the inner planes, etc. And we see in the interaction of these two dimensions the basis for paranormal phenomena and magical exercises. We neglect neither dimension for the other, seeing both as necessary for our fulfillment. That last sentence is a very important inclusion. A very important inclusion. I don't Um, hate this. No. I think that's, it's probably one of the most important things they say, because we've said this before on the podcast, people who just want to buy spell books, Mm -hmm. right, without doing the inner work. Yeah. Why are you even doing the spell or what's going on in your mind? You know, like, take time for you, take time for your mental health, make sure that you're in a good spot before you start working on something else. Everything influences everything else. So I think that this is probably one of the most important things that they've written for people. And also... After they've scared them off. Yeah. (laughs) After you scare them off with their religious worship and sex, let's just say, hey... You gotta fuck people, but also, like, focus on your mental health. (laughs) I also think it's important, because I do think sometimes the, the farther you get into witchcraft, the more you've like centered your focus on that inner world and sometimes you have to be like all right let's just take a step back and do the spell i've done i've done the work do do the fucking spell (laughs) right you can't sit your entire life in contemplation you could you could do that but then you'd be like a monk and not a witch i was just gonna say it's a totally different you know thing right there but i I almost wish that this one had come sooner. I think this should be ahead of masculine and feminine. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a really important one. But I think in the long run, they're all important. That's why they have 13 and they're, you know. That's fair. So, six. We do not recognize any authoritarian hierarchy, but do honor those who teach, respect those who share their greater knowledge and wisdom, and acknowledge those who have courageously given of themselves in leadership. I love that one. Yeah. I wouldn't change a thing. I think it is so important, especially if you're new or, you know, just getting started, to recognize that it honoring and respecting and acknowledging are different than following and worshiping and, you know, kowtowing too. I think, yes, you know, shout out to all of the people who wrote books. 
thank you for that. Without you, so many of us wouldn't have any knowledge. But I'm not going to get on this podcast and lie and say, yeah, I like love um, Z Budapest. I think she's so great. I don't. I don't like the things that she did. I wasn't a huge fan of her book. I can I can consume this this community. I can partake in this community and still be able to recognize I don't have to put someone on a pedestal just because they've been writing or teaching or doing whatever. Right. But I think that, you know, and one of the things that we do here, which is why when we interview so many people who do teach, it's like we want people to know, like, yeah, you know, it's not just... They do it out of love, yes. but it's a lot of work, and it's a huge responsibility. Yes. Right? So the fact that they do this, yeah, I think we definitely need to acknowledge and, you know, honor them for sure because they're doing they're doing so much good yes. by teaching. You know, whether it's through books, like you said, or in class. So. Yeah. Love that one. All right. Seven. We see religion, magic, and wisdom in living as being united in the way one views the world and lives within it a worldview and philosophy of life, which we identify as witchcraft or the Wiccan way. And there we go. I feel like I need to spend a lot of time just sitting with this principle. I think that this is the kind of thing that like I could meditate on for months because my initial response is that I love the idea of witchcraft being a philosophy of life. Yes. Um, But I don't know how I would implement that or internalize that. And so I think that that's sort of the thing where I have to like sit and be like, okay, what does that really mean in my practice? You know, because I think it's such a broad idea, right? A philosophy of life is that an intellectual pursuit? Is that simply like the manner in which you live your life? Like how does that really in reality impact you? And I don't think that that principle is a universal statement i think every person sits and figures out okay this is my philosophy of life this is my witchcraft okay i see what you're saying when i think of philosophy of life i think your witchcraft and your life have to kind of be in balance Mm -hmm. right so and this is going to be a really crazy extreme but it's the first thing that came to my head can you be a witch and a hitman right yeah a paid assassin totally See, I'm going to say no. Absolutely you can. No, I don't think you can. Because I think if you're a witch, and we're talking about, we agreed that witches are caretakers of the earth. Well, we are part of it. Humanity is a part of it. We should be trying to elevate humanity, not bring it down. Right. So can you then be a hitman and also be a witch? I don't think so. I think that something in your life Yeah, but I think there's so many people that think that, like, humanity, like, overpopulation and that sort of thing. I could easily see somebody thinking, like, I am helping the Earth. This is, like, so uh, sometimes when you write a story, your villain Mm -hmm. should have a plausible motivation, right? Like, just because I see this person as inherently bad, they don't oftentimes see themselves as inherently bad. So I think it would be very easy to be a hitman, and be a witch because there's a very easy sort of brain flip to be like, no, I am helping. This is good for the environment. That's Iago. That's a sociopath. That's not, come on now. I didn't say he wasn't a sociopath, but I'm just saying you can be a sociopath and be a witch. 
I mean, he totally set people up. And then he says, like you said, he, um, you know, the advice I give is free. And I forgot what it is. I, I forget the line. You know, why am I, you know, why call me a villain? I'm not a villain. They're taking the advice of their own free will. Don't we get on this podcast all the time and tell people to be safe and to make sure that they're like vetting the people that they're following and vetting their books and making sure they're not getting involved with bad people who would want to try and take their shit? Right. Those people are still witches. They're just not good people. True. This, see, this is where, I think this is where we differ on these principles. Like I came into these principles like, okay, how could people fuck them up? How could it be used to make a lot of money, to trick people into becoming followers? To, like, I immediately look for the negative options. Right. And there are a lot, right? Right. You, you have to have sex, uh, you have to have heterosexual sex to be a witch, is how you could interpret number four if you're being super right. negative, right? You have to, um, you are legally obligated to go to therapy, and if you don't go to therapy, you're not a real witch, <laughs> Right, there are so many, Wait, like... What, which one is that one? That could be five. Oh, Lord. Right, there are so many ways to read these in a, in a very negative way. And I think... Yeah, I'm not reading them like no, that. No, I know. Yeah. But I think that... I love it. It's part of the issue of institutions that I have, where even when you say things, they can be interpreted as, as some, one would write it, considered the wrong way. You know, I... We have said things that I think people have considered the wrong way, not because that was our intention, but because that was what they were coming in to hear. And I think a witch who is coming in to hear, I have power over others, I am, you know, the maker of my own destiny, I get to do whatever I want, you can read that in a number of these principles. It, It would still be interpreted that you are a witch, which is why I say you kind of have to sit with what is my philosophy of life, because I do think that that ties into like, well, my moral compass is part of my philosophy of life. So what is my moral compass and how does that tie into my witchcraft? And what so for me, not being a dick is part of my philosophy of life, like functionally, don't be an asshole. Um, right. But that means like I can interpret that in a lot of different ways. Don't be an asshole to who? Don't be an asshole when? Right? Are there loopholes there? And not being an asshole is part of my philosophy of life. It's also part of my witchcraft. So I don't always see hexing as being an asshole. So I can do right. a hex and still consider myself a good, a quote unquote good witch. I feel the longer I'm alive on this planet, <laughs> the less I really hate hexing. The, the less I can't I'm opposed to it. Wait to have like a recap. In like a year or two where we talk about hexing again and you're like, actually, I'm very (laughs) (laughs) pro-hexing. I mean, I'm I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm looking at number seven and I'm going, you're right. I could totally say, well, my philosophy is all about chaos magic. Yeah. And this is how I live my life in my mundane sense. And this is how I'm going to live my life in my religious and my witchcraft. So there we go. Of course, they add that that witchcraft or the Wiccan way at the end. Yes. Which makes, you know, here's the thing. If you're not coming at this as a Wiccan, then you have to, well, okay, so what What do Wiccans believe is the wisdom of living and the philosophy of life? Right. You know what I mean? Um, and I really, the more I read this, the more I dislike the whole witch or with a Wiccan way. Like, you're, But you are kind of saying they're the same. Yeah. It's really, it's not. Okay. Uh, number eight. 
Yes, yes. Calling oneself witch does not make a witch, but neither does heredity itself or the collecting of titles, degrees, and initiations. A witch seeks to control the forces within him or herself, how about we just say themselves, that make life possible in order to live wisely and well, without harm to others and in harmony with nature. I hate this definition. I hate it. It's so bad. You So, like, you, calling yourself a witch, not good enough. But also, like, you know, being born into witchcraft or, like, doing a lot of research to become really well-known in witchcraft also doesn't count. There's, like, this very small, specific thing that counts as witchcraft, and if you're not doing it, then you're not a witch. Okay, but now I'm going to play devil's advocate to this, okay? First of all, I, I agree. You know, being born into it, you still have to do the work. Yeah, Right? I mean, I don't care what I was born into. If I didn't continue to study after my parents had showed me stuff, then, uh, you know, just being born into it, you don't get magical powers. This is not like the movies, right? Oh, Mm -hmm. my mom was a witch, so now I can levitate things. Like, that's not how this works. Yeah. Right? So there I go, okay, I like that. Calling oneself a witch does not make a witch. Just like wearing a pointy hat in Salem does not make you a witch. Makes you a tourist, I think. I don't know who those people were, but they were bizarre. (laughs) Anyway, if anybody knows what's going on in Salem and what's going on with the hats, please let me know why people are wearing these awful hats. Okay, but then you said, okay, but neither does the collection of titles, degrees, and initiations. And here is why I'm going to say I agree with that, okay? Mm -hmm. I think for the most part, people who are getting degrees are putting in the work and they're really, you know, they're busting their butts. Mm -hmm. To get this degree, it means something to them. It's sacred to them. I did know one person, okay, who was no longer a practicing Wiccan. They were practicing something else. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into details, okay? But in their bio, when they did stuff, they would put down third degree Wiccan priest from blah, blah, blah. Which, like, why does that matter if you're not doing Wicca? That's fair. So... That's where I think this is coming from, because it says the collecting of titles, degrees, and initiations. Yeah. It doesn't say, um, or the studying to acquire titles, degrees. See what I'm saying? Yes. I think it's one thing to say, I've studied and I want to study this formal path, so I am going to get initiated and follow this formal path. I think that's good. But I think people who are like, I'm just going to, okay, I want this. And I want that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to I'm gonna go online and I'm not going to say names, but there are people who you do my course and I will grant you. It's like getting no, ordained seriously. online. <laughs> yes. Being ordained in this Wiccan blah, blah, blah. I think that's what they're talking yeah. about. Right. I think anybody who puts themselves, getting a degree is like getting a degree in school. We celebrate a master's degree, a PhD. Mm-hmm. If someone becomes a third degree witch in whatever practice they are. Even if as being a solitary, I still think that's really cool that they accomplished this. You know what I mean? So here's my spicy take. Okay, spicy Um, take from Gemini. I don't know. I don't know that it's that spicy, but I do think that you're not going to like it. Uh uh. Um, I think that it is inherently presumptuous for any individual to try to define what which what a witch is and i think that the only way that we as a community can embrace all types of witchcraft is to say if you call yourself a witch you're a witch because otherwise you're imposing your own 
version of witchcraft on every other person. And even if somebody is like what I would consider a bad, like a shitty witch, not even like a bad witch, but like a bad quality witch, like isn't doing the things that I think is necessary. If they perceive themselves in their life as a witch, who am I to tell them they're not? Yeah, I'm not going to like that. I didn't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's the thing. You know, I'm a solitary, but I respect, like I said, I respect the shit out of people who take the time and follow a path. Okay. I respect people who choose to be solitary. But everybody's putting in some sort of work. I'm sorry. I have a really hard time with people who go into shops when I'm just trying to pick up some herbs and some oil. And this is, I'm talking about 90s. I'm not even talking about something that happened now. And this one store had gone on the news and you couldn't even go in and get just things that you needed. Mm-hmm. And living in the city, um, it, it was harder to just, I can't just go in my backyard and start growing things that I need, or I didn't have the time back then to start making stuff for myself. And I did rely on these stores to provide me with things that I needed. And going in and seeing people like, Oh my God, I saw this on the news. Yeah. I always knew that I was a witch and now I saw this and it's like, those people rub me the wrong way. I'm sorry. But do they rub do you the wrong sort of way work. because you think they're not doing the work? Or do they rub you some sort of way because they're inconveniencing you? No, because I feel like they're not doing the work. But also then, this is what, like, who cares? How is that our business? Right? Okay, who cares? Okay, who cares except these are the people. Okay, what we do, and I know this as being Latina, okay? What I do... People don't look at me. If I'm a dick, they don't look at me and go, man, she's a dick. See, I told you. I told you Latinas were dicks. We represent every everybody, everybody. Right, but and when you're that's a witch, unfair for you. You shouldn't have unfair. to. But why would you internalize that burden then? Why would you go, ah, yes, I am going to live my life as if I am a representation of my entire culture? No, but here's the thing. I also don't want to make it harder for the culture. I also don't want to make it harder for it's the It's going to be generation. harder no matter what. But yeah, I, th- I don't know. I just think like, okay, so I got a letter from a student once. Um, she was thanking me because she said she actually felt proud to be Latina after being in my class because she wasn't a stereotype. And she saw how I lived and how I dressed and what I looked like and thought I could dress any way I want. And I did notice a very shy kid who was now coming into my class, she was wearing flowers throughout her whole head. Stunning, okay? And braiding her hair, kind of like a modern-day Frida Kahlo, okay? Absolutely beautiful. But I think that makes my point, right? Like, your choice to dress in what is, like, non-traditional or not the stereotype for Hispanic people is the thing that a child picked up on and was validated. If we, as individuals, are focused on being... um, you know, sort of like these these stoplights that people can be like, ah, yes, this represents the entire culture. It's bad for us and it's bad for the culture because then we're all just trying desperately to be things that we're not. I mean, I, I don't know how to... I hear what you're saying and you're right. You're absolutely right. But... Eventually, society is going to get to a point where we are not judgmental. But we're not there yet. And I don't want any 
witch, regardless of whether I personally would think she was a good witch or a bad witch or doing the work or not doing the work, to feel like they have to mold themselves to be a certain type of witch so that society will accept them. Some of us will have to deal with being weirdos. And if you can't do that, that's totally fine. But like, if you want to be a witch, you want to be a witch. You do with that what you want and fuck everybody else. Yes and no. When you say do what you want, I don't care what you study. My whole point is you don't graduate high school without doing the work. You don't get a college degree without doing the work. You don't get a master's degree without doing the work. But the work... the work, the work can be anything you want. You can major in anything you want, right? right? You still have a degree. But a communications major can come in and get a degree very, very easily compared to a biochemist. And True. I I did. I mean, in college all the time, I looked at communications majors and I was like, you don't, you're not getting a real degree. That's not real work. And I had to sort of step back and be like, no, you're just being an elitist bitch. Right, like I'm just looking yeah. down on this major because I have to do a lot of work and I want other people to suffer the way I have suffered. And so for me, I kind of have internalized that in a lot of ways. And if somebody calls themselves a witch, it's not my place to determine whether or not they're doing the work. If they're doing work differently than I am, that's fine. If they're doing something that I wouldn't even consider work, that's fine. It's not my work. I think it's not my work until they bring me into it. Right. But bringing, I, I agree with that firmly. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, these are people, I have spent a lot of time not cleaning up because I won't clean up. But I have spent a lot of time trying to explain to people why they're in the messes that they're in. I have spent a lot of time creating candles and spells for people because they have done stuff and they've had bad repercussions. Why? Because they're not putting in the work. So when these people go around calling themselves witches, then if to be a witch, how about this? Just wear your big girl panties. Wear your big witch panties. Okay. This is for all genders, by the way. Okay? Yes. <laughs> put, on, put on your big, big witch panties on. And if you screw something up, just accept it and don't run to other witches to clean stuff up. Because I'm done in that area. I don't disagree with you. I've gotten to you. a point in my life where I'm done. And those people, to me, you're not a witch. Why did you do that? Why would I, if I don't know how to walk... Yet, why would I decide to, I'm going to drive a car? Like, you want to go from zero to 60 because you want to call yourself a witch, but you will call on somebody to help you clean it up. See. Clean up your own damn mess. I understand what and you're saying. And that's from that practical magic. <laughs> but I think about, like, being, a, being like, a untenured teacher and all the things uh-huh. that I did that were, like, stupid. They were dumb ideas. They weren't good yeah. teach. Like, I, I thought I was doing cool new shit, and actually, I wasn't. Some of those things I did were actively not helpful. I'm not not a teacher because I have to go to somebody in my building and be like, how do I fix this? How do I make this better? I'm just a new teacher. Okay, but what did you do after they fixed it? Right, but I think you're caught up on these specific people who are consistently making bad decisions. They're still okay, witches. So that's the thing. They're just dumb. No, see, I don't even consider them witches anymore. If you're not learning from your mistakes, what the hell are you doing? You just... I don't know what you're doing. But how, like, just because we learned from our mistakes doesn't mean that we get to look at people who aren't learning from their mistakes and being like, well, you don't get to be part of the community. That's like, it's not our place. Yeah, but, no, but here's the thing. What community? That's a bigger and more complicated question. Because there is no community, right? 
you, you're not allowed to go to witches markets. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? What community do we have, really? Okay, yeah. So that is a bigger... So it doesn't matter. I'm not saying anybody isn't part of the community. Just don't come to me and tell me something because I'm going to tell you what I think of you. Yes. Period. Which I think you should do regardless of whether someone says they're well, a witch or not. Well, I do that. Any, again, that's my philosophy of life. <laughs> I don't hold much back and I think you know that. But, you know, but the whole thing is, and I think I'm just, maybe I'm just a little bitter because people keep coming to me with, with the same stupid crap. And I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I cannot, I honestly do not have the energy. Those people need uh, pr- principle six, where they honor the people that are teaching and, and do, sharing greater knowledge. That's that's what they need to do. It's like, take a step back and be like, damn, thank you so much to Scorpio, who has put up with all of my bullshit. They do thank me. I don't want to be thanked anymore. I want to be left alone. <laughs> I just fair. don't want, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Especially if I give you the tools and I tell you there's so many ways you can go about this. Like, just think about stuff I tell you. And then it's like, are you doing this stuff? Like, if they said no, because I've discovered this other thing, I'd be like, that's so cool. You found your path. But just, yeah, I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to, you know, find a spell. I'm a witch. And I'm like, no, leave me alone. If you can clean up your messes, you're a witch. How's that? Because we're all going to make messes. Yeah. Even now, we're going to make messes. Nobody's perfect. We're all going to make messes. But as far as the community, I, I'm not saying they can't be part of the community. I'm just telling you how I feel about people. They can be anything they want because there technically is no community. That's true. It's the people that you meet. And let's face it, the people, the witch friends that you have are because you, back to number six, because you respect them. Yeah. Because you respect their knowledge and their wisdom. And you go, wow, there, there is not one person that's a witch that I personally know that I don't admire and respect the shit out of. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't consider I mean, the people you. that don't clean up their messes as witches. Right. Because, like, there's a lot of witches that I don't respect. I'm trying to think. I'm, I don't want to say any names. No, I, I, mean, I, I, I think respect. this might be just, I even, like, a difference I even respect of, the, uh, yeah. of the way we come at the question. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I even respect Gardner. I mean, we, we disagree on everything. Yeah. But Christ, I mean, he had a lot of knowledge. He did. No, I respect the hell out of him. Right? I respect the hell out of all these witches. Even the books that we haven't agreed with, they've taken the time to put this out. If we don't personally like where they're going or things that they've said and done, even if we found out later on, mm-hmm. right, some things about people, and we're like, oh, my God, they were. Like, we had no clue about certain things. Um but still, at some point, you got to say, well, they're doing the work. They're doing something. And, you know, I respect them. So I think you're right. I think that's why I respect all the witches yeah. that I know, because th- these are people I consider witches. Yes. And everybody else is just, like, fucking around. And I'm just like, all right, go ahead. Yeah. Just, you know, lose my number. Don't ask me. Yeah. Which is different from somebody who's starting out and is like, I did the work. I did this. I think I messed it up. Those people, I'll help if I can. Yeah. Right? If I can... If I can follow their train, I will never tell another witch how to do things my way. I always try to see how, how do you want to do this? And then go, oh, okay. I see how you're seeing this. Yeah. Okay, let's try to take it from your, so they can grow their way. Yeah. Now, they don't have to grow my way. Um, that's different. Somebody who's starting out and has questions, I love that. Mm-hmm. Because you see the growth. Because then the next question they have is, you see how they've gone from A to B. Yes. And you go, oh, wow. This yeah. is a really good question. No, that's fair. Like, I love that. That I love. I respect those 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 witches as well. I think we have to move on to number nine, 
Nine, we acknowledge that it is the affirmation and fulfillment of life in a continuation of evolution and development of consciousness that gives meaning to the universe we know and to our personal role within. I don't even know why it's there, I don't to be know. honest with you. I, it took me like 10 minutes just to figure out what the fuck it meant. It's so full yeah. of like bullshit words. I feel like they kind of mentioned this already in one of the other ones. Yeah. Right? Um, Cause really, I feel like this is, yeah. What I think they're trying to say is kind of this idea of like um, ascension or like evolving to a higher form or like five dimensional shit that I think you hear in, in spirituality a lot the idea of the continuation of evolution and development of consciousness, we're supposed to be striving to right. right that next level. But like, I don't think that's necessary for all witches and, and all witchcraft. Yeah. Do, do we have to develop like this consciousness and, and ascend? I think that's, I don't know. I've never, I never thought of it as ascending to anything. And so. I don't think that like a principle should state what gives meaning to the universe. Yeah. I just think that that you should probably leave to an individual because it's a very yeah. that's a big topic for you to be like this is actually the meaning of of everything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Ten. Our only animosity towards Christianity or toward any other religion or philosophy of life is to the extent that its institutions have claimed to be the the one true right and only way, and have sought it to deny freedoms to others and to suppress the other ways of religious practices and beliefs. I kind of feel like that doesn't need to be there either. That was only there because this is a council for American witches and they wanted to be recognized by the government and they needed to be like, mm. we d we aren't Christian haters. We actually love Christianity. Please put us in your chaplain book. Because honestly, I think that there's so many, um, so many different religions that also, you know, witches are a part of that it's like, yeah, I feel like I, I hear you. You're right. That's, like, totally not necessary. Yeah. I think, honestly, there are a lot of witches who have a lot of animosity towards Christianity and other religions mm. for being raised in them and the manner in which they raise children. Okay, that's different. Right, and so I think that, like, putting that that as the principle kind of invalidates a lot of trauma for a lot of witches. It wasn't something mm. that, like, your religious trauma does not need to be involved in your new religion, that can be a thing right. you process separately. It doesn't need to be in a list of principles for all witches of America. Right. Yeah. I agree. Eleven. As American witches, we are not threatened by debates on the history of the craft, the origins of various terms, the legitimacy of various aspects of different traditions. We are concerned with our present and our future. I feel like that's not what they were saying in the beginning. Or am I... Did I... So... Me specifically, I'm I'm very involved with um, like the Jewish witchcraft community on TikTok and mm -hmm. on Instagram, and I've learned a lot of really interesting things about how a lot of sort of Crowley and Gardnerian things were kind of stolen from Jewish practice, and mm -hmm. Eleven feels very much to me sort of like a hand wave to be like, oh, we're not worried, we're not worried about the past. We're not worried about how Gardner may or may not have been legitimate and whether or not he wasn't giving certain people credit. And we're not worried about Doreen Valiente being possibly a Nazi. Like, none of these things matter. We're just focused on the future. And, like, I understand what you're saying, but this whole podcast has been a meditation in why history is so important. So the idea of just being like, nah, it's not a big deal, feels like you're hiding something. Yeah. 
Yeah, the whole point, you know, you're going to grow as a people if you know where it came from. And if you're talking about Wicca specifically, okay, to not delve into how it got formed and how it changed as it came over to America, I think that's important because I think it needs to keep growing. Mm -hmm. You have to know your roots. I think that's so important. So, yeah, I don't get that at all. Twelve, we do not accept the concept of absolute evil nor do we worship any entity known as Satan or the devil as defined by Christian tradition. We do not seek power through the suffering of others, nor do we accept the concept that personal benefits can only be derived by denial to another. This was only put in there so that people would not associate witches with Satan. Yeah. That's because it's like, yes, kind of, yeah, as defined by the Christian tradition. I mean, I don't believe in the devil, but... There's a, there's a bigger conversation to be had yeah. when it comes to this. And this is also this also seems very dismissive. Um, it, 13? Yeah, okay. because you're right. Like 12 and 10 are just things that were added so that the government would be like, Ah, oh, yes, you are normal people. Lovely. Yeah. That's it. We work within nature. This is 13. We work within nature for that which is contributory to our health and well-being. Okay, this was also kind of mentioned already before. So here's the thing. And here's the thing that, I, that bothers me about this whole principle of beliefs. Mm -hmm. It's the Council of American Witches. I think they should have said the Council of American Wiccans. Agreed. And left it at that. Big agree. Because what you're, what you're doing here, they say that they, you know, respect everybody. I forgot which number it was. Um, and everybody's thing. But you know what? Witches, American witches especially... I mean, I'm going to go on a limb here and say I don't think the majority of them are Wiccan. I, I wouldn't be surprised. So I kind of feel like from 1974 to today, we don't even need it. This, this doesn't even serve a purpose except to have um, something in the army. So that means that if you go to the army, you have to be Wiccan to be notif to be recognized is what I'm guessing. Basically, yeah. Why do I know this? I don't know. Um, Wiccan... <laughs> And I do believe they recognize uh, Norse heathenry, which is a weird thing to, yeah. to be like, ah, yes, this only this one uh, type of reconstruction. But I think it's probably because a lot of people who are Norse heathens are really into like that warrior concept. And so, of course, they're in the army. This tracks. Um, Got it. But yeah, it's 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 not like a or at least it wasn't when I did my research, which was probably in 2012. So I don't know if anything has updated um, but it was very much a Wiccan-based practice. It wasn't like, it, if you were called neo-pagan, there was still an assumption of Wiccan practice. The chaplain would run, like, Wiccan circles, and you kind of just had to do Wiccan circles. It's a similar thing in prison, actually, um, where if you're neo-pagan, you go to a Wiccan gathering, whether or not you are actually Wiccan. I mean, I think a lot of us, because of the books, I think a lot of us have either read them or have adopted some sort of Wiccan practice. Yes. I know that I've adopted some sort of Wiccan practice into my belief, but, you know, it's eclectic at best, which is what I think America is all about. It's about, you yes. know, learning new things and saying, hey, you know, um, I'm going to incorporate these couple of things into my life, regardless of, you know, religion. I'm just saying in general practice. Yes. You know, how many people have learned to make dishes from another culture? Yeah. And have incorporated them into their daily, you know, oh, you know what, this week I'm going to make whatever. Taco Tuesdays. Um, Taco Tuesdays. Okay, that's a really good example, right? Um, that's very American. Yeah. 
this idea of Taco Tuesday. So the idea that um, witches, American witches are so, at least back then, I think it's also very short-sighted mm-hmm. because it's leaving out a lot of people of color. Mm-hmm. Okay. By, by just saying the American Council of Witches... No, just why don't you just say the Council of American White Witches finds it necessary to define modern witchcraft in terms of mm-hmm. because there's magic and other practices that's not included here. Yeah. And I think that it is very telling. First of all, just looking at the language that they used. But second of all, I mean, the way that they look at hereditary witchcraft is sort of like, oh, well, you know, being a hereditary, like that's not enough. But for so many people, it was just part of your life, right? It, you were raised, it, it's not like you were born and you could levitate things, but you were raised in a place where your mother was throwing salt over her shoulder and you had to break the beans a certain way. And these were very like traditional folk practices that had these magical aspects to it that were kind mm. of just seen as like throwaways. Like that doesn't count. I'm like, no, it, it kind of right. does. It does. If you're raised a hereditary witch, like you probably have more clout in 1973 than anybody you've been a witch the longest i see what you're saying yeah i also think it's important that they gathered in minneapolis minnesota that's white as hell i think of (laughs) when i think of the 70s right especially the early 70s the um i don't know when the black panthers formed but i know the young lords Mm -hmm. formed in 1969 i want to say so you know if if the council had met in New York, is what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. right? If they had, inc- and they did include people of color. They, they did include people of color in their in their um, council. So I'm not saying that they didn't. But I don't think there was a recognition back then of these other practices. And like I said, you know, the Young Lords were not spiritual. They were an activist group like the Black Panthers. They took from the Black Panthers. They learned from them to support their neighborhoods. What I'm saying, there was more of a consciousness of being proud of who you were mm-hmm. in the 60s, right? Uh, embracing all of that. But somehow, like you said, a lot of the magic was throwaway. It wasn't considered mm-hmm. legitimate. So where does a person go from that? You go to being Wiccan and um, adopting these principles of beliefs. Listen, I don't hate them. Just like I don't hate Gardner. Yeah. These are all the steps that we've had to take to get where we are today. And I think we needed these principles. It's nice that neo-pagans, you know, even if I wasn't Wiccan and I was in the army, it's kind of nice to know you have some somewhat of a home, like your cousin's You've home. got something, yeah. You've got family, you know? So I think that's important. Even if it's not your immediate family, it is your cousin. Your, like, second cousin you know? who, like, lives in Buffalo right. that you see once a year for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, you know? So at least you have that. So I think this is really important. I think it was wonderful that they did this. I think that they tried to be as inclusive as they knew how to be in the 70s. But again, because it was 74, I kind of feel like they should have been a little it bit It could have been a little better. Inclusive. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been a little bit better. Um, especially, they should have been more of an awareness of the LGBTQ community. Yes. Um, by then, right? In 1950s, I go, okay, I get it. You're good. Yeah. It's, you know. But I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah. It was 1974, and I felt like some things were still out of date. But um, it was very much uh, a document that was written to appeal to the people in power to legitimize Wicca and by extension witchcraft. And I think that it's important that we consider that when we read it now in 2021, because 
you can see where the blind spots were kind of on purpose. Yeah. I, you know, I'm. it's funny because I didn't even, this wasn't even on my radar until we read Silver's book. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned it. I went, oh, that's right. Yeah. How do we not discuss the principles of, of this? So, so I'm glad we did that. I don't know. I would love to know what people think yes. about this. Right. Was there a principle that stuck out to you? Is there something you really agree with? Uh, is there something you really disagree with us about? Like, we want to hear about all of that, you know? Help us to learn more as well by disagreeing with us, And if please. there's something that, like, you would have wanted to add that in 2021, yeah. you're like, I think this is a really important principle, let us know. Maybe we'll share them on a next podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be great, you know? Um, and if you are part of a community, you know, what principles can you share with us, yeah. maybe, of that? You know, what has worked for your community? Um and I know it probably sounds strange to people because we're in the lower Hudson Valley. We have access to the city and you're like, you know, I say, well, there's no community. And I think that people are trying to build community. Very much so. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I think gonna... I would like to have a whole nother podcast where we just talk about air quotes, the witchcraft community. Like, what does it mean? What is it in reality? That kind of vibe. So let us know if you would like us to have that yeah. conversation. And I will say this. If we have that conversation... I think it should be a round table and we should get witches that we know that maybe we've interviewed in the past. Yes. And just, let's just like talk about stuff. And if this sounds interesting to you guys to have us do that, you know, let us know what other topics you would like us to round table. Cause I think that would be a lot of fun Yes, to just have a lot of different takes and, and always know that no take is the right take. It's just somebody's take. Yeah. Right. So that's it. This was fun. I like when we get to like really narrow in on like one very small topic to kind of get really in depth because I think a lot of what we do is broad. So it's nice to focus. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I like it when we disagree. I love when we disagree. I love it. Yeah. Because I always leave the podcast thinking about what you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've talked about this before, you know, whether it's personally or on the podcast. We've both changed a lot. Very much so. And it's it's not that you've become Wiccan or I've become Hellenic. It's not like that's what's happened. But I think that from listening to each other and just so people know when they're listening, um, we're not just listening on the podcast and then we go, okay, that was it. That was a wrap. Okay, bye. Yeah. Like, I think we both go back because we come back to this in our private lives and talk about the conversations again. All the time. You know? And it's always a great conversation. Yeah. You know? And and I'm going to encourage people, if you know other witches, I think that's what makes... Here we go. I'm going to revamp my definition of what a witch is. Ooh. All right? You ready? Yes. I think a witch is anybody in the witch community who will listen... To another witch, without getting into a fight, absorb some of the stuff and figure out whether, you know, like really calmly figure out like, hey, maybe they have a point. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't. You don't have to try to force them into thinking your way. But if you can come away from a conversation and really give it thought, I think that's that's it. Being able to have this open dialogue. I definitely think that that is important. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think when we, when we agree on stuff, I can tell that we kind of look at each other like, oh, that, that sucked. We agreed on this. <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah, okay, right. well, <laughs> okay, we agreed on that. Yeah. Because we want people to hear different opinions because, and you know what? They may agree with you, they may agree with me, and they may have a totally different take. Yeah. And I, and I would love to hear those takes. So please, always let us know. Um, how do they let us know? 
Gemini? Well, you can reach out to us on Instagram via the DMs. Uh, you can email us at witchpaceco at gmail.com. You can see us in person. Um, we go to Moon Serpent and Bone Festival. We go to a lot of different places that we post on our Instagram. But just definitely reach out to us and tell us what you're thinking, how you're feeling. Because not only is it super fun and interesting for us, but it's also helps us to narrow down what you guys want to hear and what is really going to make the podcast special for you. And of course, we want to do that because you are the best listeners that a podcast could ever have. Thank you so much for being an amazing audience. And before we sign off, we just want to share some really cool announcements with you guys. If you've been following us on Instagram, you know that we are going to the Moon Serpent and Bones Samhain Festival on October 1st. We will be there from 6 to 9, and we will be going live around 8 p.m., but definitely check out our Instagram. We'll be posting our schedule there, and we'll do all of our updates there. We will hopefully have a fun little surprise for you guys that may or may not be related to the podcast and may or may not come out in concert with Moon Serpent and Bone, but you'll have to keep an eye on the Instagram to hear more. And we wanted to share a little bit of information from the Buckland Museum in Cleveland. They have some amazing events going on throughout October. And if you were going to be in the area or if you were thinking about seeing the museum, here are some of the events that you could possibly attend. As far as events go, our dear friend uh, Najal Lightfoot, who is a writer on witchcraft out of uh, Colorado, she is coming to Ohio in early October, and we are going to host her in the museum on October 3rd. Tickets are extremely limited uh, between Nija, Tony, my partner in the museum, uh, Julian, my wife, Kara, uh, their uh, partner. Well, Almost half the slots are already filled right there. So, but if you'd like to come see Nijalite Foot with us, that is on October 3rd. It's going to be a Sunday after our last tour. October 16th, we're going to have our Halloween flea that we team up with Black Market Records every year for. And uh, that is where we get vendors from all over to come hang out with us and share some of their spooky wares. As far as a Halloween ritual or anything like that, uh, it's probably going to be a private affair this year again uh, in the back of the museum here. But uh, I don't know. Um, other than that, there's always something else to do. It's uh, We always have something going on here at the Buckland Museum of Witchcraft and Magic, where magic comes alive on the west side of Cleveland. Thank you to Sean McShane for our intro and outro music. And remember, if you're following the moon, you're following us.